Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Association Leadership Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Association Leadership Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today on the show, we have David Westcott, and he is with TransBlue. Welcome, David. Hi, how are you today? I am doing well. Um, before we get too far into things, tell us a little bit about TransBlue. How are you serving folks? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, TransBlue, we're a general contractor. Um, we provide construction services to uh, residential and commercial clients, and we are a franchise. So we uh, service everything from Seattle to New Orleans. Are you the franchisor or are you a franchisee? I am the franchisor. So we support and help uh, all of the franchisees in the system. Now, um, was the business built to be a franchise or is that something that just happened uh, organically over time? Yeah, great question. The business was built to be a franchise. So that was the sole intent upon its creation. So when you did that, um, were you involved in any of the franchising uh, associations that are associated with franchising? Or was that something that um, you had experienced previously in a different franchise? Like, how did you even kind of immerse yourself in that industry to know how to do it properly? Yeah, you know, I I think that uh, associations are awesome. And um, so, you know, being involved in the associations are huge just for best practices, knowledge, industry trends. And I got involved uh, with IFA, International Franchise Association, just so that, uh, you know, our team could get the certificates, they could start to learn about the industry, they could learn about best practices. I would rather learn from somebody who made the mistake than make the mistake myself. Um, so that's one of the associations that we jumped into. Um, to just to better ourselves and, and really try to be an industry leader. So now when you're, um, had you been involved in uh, starting a franchise before this? No, I never had. That was my first step into the arena. So when you have the idea, okay, we're going to do this as a franchise, what were kind of those preliminary steps in order to, you know, build the foundation, you know, so you didn't make those mistakes and you smoothed that your learning curve to the best of your ability? Yeah, no, great question. I uh, One of the things was I leaned into the association. So I learned, you know, about, uh, you know, best practices, KPI benchmarks. And then I used the resources and the tools that were available. And I found uh, some consultants uh, who, you know, advertised themselves in the association and seemed to be in good standing and, and seemed to have good remarks about them. And I started working and I interviewed, you know, three or four consultants. And then I chose one to work with. And I worked with a consultant uh, for about a year and a half before I even started launching the program. So I really got a good feel for what was going to happen, what you, what I needed to do, what I didn't need to do, so on and so forth. So now from that standpoint, you had been in business, had you always been in the kind of the building construction business? Yeah, I have. I've been in the construction industry for the last 25 years. And then, so in that world, you were probably involved in those associations that were relevant to that kind of work, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've always been involved in associations. I would say, you know, the last 20 years I've been involved in some association or another, you know, I, uh, I participate in SIMA, Snow and Ice Management Association. I'm, I'm currently on the board of directors for that association. Um, So, you know, association involvement has been something that I've, uh, you know, really believed in. 
Now, why is that? Like, as a young person, when you got started in business, was that something someone told you, hey, in order to participate, it's a good idea to get involved? Or was this something that you were noticing, hey, a, a lot of the folks in my industry are joining this thing, I better join that? You know, I, I guess for me, it, when I started business, it was, uh, you know, you can go to college, you can have a job, you can learn everything about, you know, you want about being in business. But there's something about that practical application, that practical knowledge that you just don't get right away. And what I found was that in associations, there's a lot of uh, folks who have been doing it for a long time. And there's a lot of people who are really interested in making the association better. And when they care and they, you know, they really believe in what they're doing, they, they'll they share the tips and the tricks with you. And, and I needed to be in a part of an association because, you know, I was at the time I was getting into snow removal as part of my general contracting business. And, you know, I didn't even know if the blade was supposed to touch the ground all the way and spark, you know? And so being in that association, one, I was able to leverage the education that was huge for me. And I, and I ordered the Sima videos, right. And I got six or seven videos that basically walked you through how to be a snowplow contractor from plowing the parking lot to, you know, uh, invoicing the client. And that was kind of my first step into associations. And then I started to leverage things like sample contracts and, you know, terminology, and then you meet people and you learn. And I would say that uh, being a part of associations has helped me grow my business exponentially just because of the resources that are available. You cannot put yourself in a better position when you're starting your business than sitting at a table next to a guy who's been doing it for 25 years and makes millions of bucks. And he's sharing the, the tips and the tricks and the secrets that helped got him where he was today. And so that's one of the things I, I love about associations and some of the importance uh, about being in an association. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point. And that's a good lesson for young people, especially like if you're new to an industry, what better way to kind of differentiate yourself than joining the association, volunteering, getting involved in leadership positions. Now you're kind of shoulder to shoulder with some of the bigger players and they're seeing you work and seeing what you can do. I mean, that's just great career advice for a young person to get involved in their association. Yeah, it is awesome. And, you know, it also lends credibility to your business because most associations have a certificate program. And, you know, like if you're in franchising or if you're in, you know, uh, asphalt construction or whatever it is, you know, electric vehicles, it doesn't matter. There's an association. Right. And, you know, they have some programming. They have some best practices for businesses. And, you know, it just helps you elevate you and who you are. And you get that certificate that lends credibility to who you are as a business. Um, and I think that's important. Uh, I think that's important to look like, too, if you're a serious player, it kind of it separates the fly by night, you know, from the person who's saying, hey, I'm really invested in this. I really want to do the best for my customers. And uh, the associations themselves don't I don't I don't believe want to you know, align themselves with people who are going to be on the fly by night side, right? They want to align themselves with strong providers. That way they're seen as a, as a leader in the industry. Now, getting back to TransBlue, how sure. do you identify kind of your ideal franchisee? Is this person somebody that's in the same industry that you're in and they just want to expand? Or is this somebody who's like that second act uh, executive that maybe is going for a new career and then they stumble upon trans blue. Like how, how do you identify that ideal franchisee? 
That's a great question. You know, what we really want to do is we really want, you know, our brand, we want to really be world-class. So we want to, you know, we want trans blue to be, you know, be synonymous with the name, you know, Ritz Carlton, Starbucks, Costco, just, you know, the, the best service, the best of availability. So what we're looking for in our franchisees is people who are just world-class who they set themselves apart uh, and that's the kind of the first step that we're going to look at there. And then, you know, what business experience do they have? We're going to look at that, you know, financially, can they carry it on? You know, have they been in business uh, in any, have they ran or owned any kind of business in the past? So we're looking at those things and we're really trying to, you know, fit the right operators. And then it's about the area that they're in too, because, you know, we want to be in the prime locations. You may have heard of people say location, location, location. And that's and that's so true for us as a as a franchisor. We want to put the franchisees in the best possible locations to succeed, uh, because that just makes happy franchisees. If they have industry experience, that's awesome, right? That's a bonus, but that's but that's not a must have. Now, is there like what's a day in the life of a trans blue franchisee in a market? Are they primarily dealing with residential? Is this commercial? Um, like who who is their typical clients and what is their typical activities during a, a day? Yeah, great question. I, I would say that, you know, they're typically going to be dealing with a uh, with a residential client 70 percent of the time, 30 percent. You're going to be dealing with a commercial client. Um, but for an owner, uh, you know, of a franchise, we really have them focus on, um, you know, managing the business, not getting into the weeds, not getting into the just the day to day. Like I'm on site watching the project happen. You know, they have a project manager, they have a sales uh, team. You know, just really managing the expectations of the sales team, making sure they're hitting, you know, the targets and the goals they've laid out. Managing the team of project managers or project manager, depending on the size of the business making sure that they're doing things the right way, you know, really getting them to focus on their business and building their business, not being in the day-to-day weeds of, oh man, I've got to go run an estimate because, you know, my salesperson wasn't here or I let him go or whatever. So really just being that person who manages the business, we like to call it an enterprise builder, you know, somebody who really wants to grow and scale. So they don't necessarily have to know how to build a deck, but they have to know how to communicate with a customer to help them kind of make their dream come true. Absolutely. Right. We want them to be great communicators. We want them to be professional. We want, we want it to be a world-class experience, um, but we really want them to focus on building the team. You know, the SBA says that 23% of businesses fail because of, you know, wrong people, wrong seats. So we really want them to put the right people in place, grow those people, and then allow those people to run the business. If you're going to sell your business, right, nobody wants to buy a business that is heavily dependent on the owner. So we use the term, kick yourself out of your own business if you really want to, you know, take it to the next level. And then uh, that's where TransBlue helps because you put all those systems in place. So they just have to kind of follow the playbook rather than invent the playbook. Exactly. They just got to run the plays and let them roll. Now, when you are looking for a franchisee in a given market, are is there an expectation that they immerse themselves in the community and maybe join associations like a chamber of commerce? Absolutely. So we want them into the chamber of commerce for sure. Because the chamber of commerce will help with a grand opening. They'll invite people out. They might even invite the mayor out, right? So it's kind of a big deal. Uh, you know, we love them to be involved with Rotary. You know, Rotary is a great thing to get to know the community and the players in the community. 
We want them involved in trade associations. So, uh, you know, the National Pool Association is something that we want them to be a part of. We want them to be a part of CAI Community Association Institute, where a lot of condo managers hang out and a lot of best practices happen there. So we have a list of associations and that we really want them to involve themselves in and learn from and, uh, you know, really help them to take their business to the the next level by managing those peer relationships in the associations. Now, any advice for maybe, say one of your franchisees is um, maybe worked in corporate and hadn't really immersed themselves in associations like a chamber of commerce before, you know, maybe they were members of whatever their corporate um, association was with or attended the conference, but they didn't kind of lean into a leadership role. Sure. What advice would you give that person to really get the most value out of a membership like in a chamber of commerce, for example, from a member standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think number one, start volunteering, right? Just get to know the people, get to know, uh, you know, both sides, whether you're, you're on the association side or you're, or you're on the participant side, really get to know um, those folks and, and look at the association for all the advantages, because so many times you may join an association, but you not, may not see all of the benefits that they have to offer, you know, and then look at the people in the association who have been there for a long time. You know, what do they have to offer? What, what advice can they share? And then what are the resources that the associations bring to the table? You know, associations are always looking at ways to validate the the membership fees, right? They're always saying, what can we add? What can we do better? And really diving into those things and becoming an expert, you know, learn the education, be a part of the education, get the certificates if they're available, you know, and then help to mentor as you start to grow and, and really become known in the association and build the association, you know, be a mentor for somebody who's just walking through the door, help them get their feet wet, show them the ropes and show them what you've learned from the association, how it's taken your business, you know, to the next level, right? And uh, and participate in the events, just be there, be engaged, right? When you're in the events and you're at the learning events, put your cell phone down, put your computer down, focus on, you know, what you can take away from the event. And if you can go and take two or three nuggets from that association event, and you can implement them in your business, you'll start to make drastic changes in your business. And and you'll really start to elevate you and your business and you'll really level yourself up. Yeah, that's great advice. And I think some people think uh, joining an association is like an ATM that, hey, I just pay for this and I'll get something back just by paying money. And it isn't that at all. I mean, it's about uh, serving. It's about volunteering. It's about, you know, kind of leaning into the experience if you want to get something out. It's not something you just pay money and and think business is going to come out the other end. Exactly. You've got to work at it. You got to put effort and time. But I'll tell you that that effort and time pays off tenfold, hundredfold, you know, because you're really giving and there's really people who care and who are invested in these associations. And it's a it's a real big benefit to you. And there's also a humanitarian cost to it. A lot of the associations, you know, help local community. They help food banks. They help, you know, Boys and Girls Club. Like it's not just doing good, something good for the association. You're also making the the community and the world a better place. And I think that sometimes gets gets missed when we talk about associations, but associations really impact 
the community, right? Whether they're doing, you know, a build out for a uh, habitat for humanity or whatever it might be, you, you're engaged with people who want to make a difference in the world. And I think those are the people that we all want to connect with. So now from getting back to trans blue, um, are you looking for more growth here in America? Or is there certain parts of the country you're targeting or is the, is the world your oyster at this point? You know, I like to think the world was always my oyster, but, uh, I, you know, our growth, we're, you know, we're looking to add about 20, 25 units to the system this year. So that's exciting. And, you know, we've really got our, our targets on, uh, on some areas in the East Coast, you know, we, the New Jersey, Philadelphia, Boston, that's kind of a, a big focus, uh, you know, for us right now. And so you're looking for franchisees in those areas? Yeah, we are. We're looking to uh, we're looking for some great people to uh, join the team. And those franchisees, do they typically um, purchase a territory or is it a kind of is any given market multiple territories? Like, are you looking for kind of somebody for a, a onesie or maybe an empire builder that wants to take over a market? You know, we're always looking for the empire builders, of course, but I, I like to say base hits equal home runs. So, you know, somebody who's interested in being local in their market, growing their brand, you know, we're interested in that too, right? Like we're just interested in people who want to be successful, who want to ha- live a good quality of life, and, you know, and people who want to have fun and, and uh, you know, just be outside and, and build a business that's, uh, you know, that makes people happy. It's Trans Blue's a sexy business. I mean, you know, there's nothing better than, you know, putting a swimming pool in for somebody and saying, hey, man, how much is my life going to change because we just put this swimming pool in? We're going to get healthy. We're going to exercise. We're going to have, you know, our kids are going to have a great time. We're going to watch them grow up in our backyard, not in the neighbor's backyard. So, you know, it's just uh, it's a fun business to be in. And so we're looking for people that want to have a good time. But they don't necessarily have to know how to build a swimming pool. That's no, not, they don't. No, they that's don't. not a prerequisite. That is not a prerequisite. You know, we utilize subcontractors to do all of the heavy lifting, all of the buildings. So they're actually not going to install it. All they need to do is manage their team of project managers and salespeople and, and their sub teams will do the rest. Yeah. So a good project manager, if you worked as a project manager, that's probably a good fit for you and a good place to at least have a conversation with somebody like that. Absolutely. Well, David, thank you so much for sharing your story and congratulations on all the success. If somebody wants to learn more about the opportunity or learn more about TransBlue, what's the website? Yeah, TransBlueFranchise.com. And that's T-R-A-N-S-B-L-U-E Franchise.com. Thank you again for sharing your story. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thank you, sir. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Association Leadership Radio. 